steal, and Pass with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I'm your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And on a night where St. John's and Seton Hall play in front of just Seton Hall students at the tiny Walsh Gym in the first Big East game at Walsh Gym since 1985. It looked like the 1985 version of St. John's was out there on the court tonight as St. John's turns back the clock in a dominant win over Seton Hall. Who saw this one coming? 84-63. They basically dominate this game from start to finish in what is by far their best performance of the season when they needed it most. St. John's, a big win over Seton Hall tonight, 84-63. They took a 10-point lead in the first half. The lead ballooned to as much as, I believe, 26 in the second half, maybe 27. They closed. They win by 21. They are now 3-4 and four in the conference. They avoid what would have been a third straight loss and really a crippling loss going into a tough game against Villanova over the weekend. And for now... Back on the right track in the Big East. Uh, they, I would say, saved their season, honestly. Their backs were to the wall tonight. Uh, they did not want to lose this game. To go to two and fo- to go to two and five, uh, you lose this game. You're really staring right at two and uh, six, maybe even two and seven in the face with Villanova and with uh, and and with Providence coming up in the next couple of, of, of games. You really, really needed to get a win in what you knew was going to be a really hostile environment in front of a student-only crowd at Walsh Gym. Like I said, what was it, 1,100 kids? Who knows? Uh, it was loud in there. You can tell it was tough to play in there. And St. John's just just quieted that crowd down, gave them really nothing to cheer about outside of maybe a little bit of a spurt at the end of the first half there. Uh, and it was just a dominant, dominant performance when they absolutely needed it most. And for a team that has played so poorly for a majority of this season, to turn in that performance, I mean, first of all, you just can't predict sports, right? I mean, if I would have told you that Julian Champagny scores five points in this game and shoots two of ten from the field and only hits one three-point shot, you would have thought St. John's lost this game by 21. I mean, there was no chance that anyone thought with that performance from their best player that St. John's is going to go out and win this game and win this game in a laugher. But they do just that. You, you just you can't predict this. You can't predict sports. But credit to these guys, like I said. This season was, was really, really headed in a bad, bad direction after that loss uh, to Creighton last Wednesday where I was on this show flipping out, screaming about how nothing ever changed with this program. They follow that up with a really, really disappointing performance on Saturday at the Garden against Seton Hall in a game that was right there for the taking for the entire second half, and they could not take it. A Seton Hall team that did not even really play that well on Saturday, that played poorly on Saturday. St. John's just played worse. They couldn't take advantage of that. But give them credit. Bouncing back from those two games, and like I said, for now, putting your season back on the right track. For now. There's still a lot of season left to be played. But now you do it. You're on the board with quad one wins. You do have a quad one win. 
you avoid really falling into that hole in Big East play where I like I said you would have been two and five if you lost this game you could have been looking at two and six maybe even two and seven with two tough games coming up after this they hold off on that right now and they write the ship for right now and I think by far this is their best performance of the season. They look better in this game than they did against NJIT, Fairly Dickinson, Monmouth, Colgate. You can you name whatever joke uh, mid low major team that they played back in November and December. They look better tonight in 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 all of those games combined. By far the best performance that St. John's put together. This was the team that in October and November we thought we were getting for a majority of the season. This team. This team with suffocating full court, 40 minutes of hell defense. You want 40 minutes of hell? That was 40 minutes of hell. That was the style that Mike Anderson brought here. We saw it a lot in his first two years. We rarely saw it this year. We almost never saw it this year. That is what Mike Anderson bring brought to this school two years ago. Suffocating full court from one baseline to the other defense. Traps, turnovers, getting out in transition on offense. score Actually scoring in transition. How about that? Making layups, making shots at the, at the basket. And how about this? A clear game plan on offense. And I want to touch on that as well. Give Anderson, give this entire coaching staff credit. Because a lot of people on Twitter, including myself, were very, very critical of Anderson and this coaching staff over the last couple of days. I'll put my hand up. I was one of those people. I was not one of those people saying the guy should be, should be fired. I still think that's crazy. But I was one of the people. And it was, what, 90% of the fan base, you know? If you're a fan, you were probably critical of the guy over the past couple of weeks, for sure. Give them credit. Because we saw a clear game plan tonight. Now, it took them uh, a horrible performance on Saturday to say, hey, maybe we need to change this up a little bit. But what did you see? You saw an actual press against a team missing its point guard again, Bryce Aiken, for a second straight game. And look at that. It worked. Turns out when you press the team that doesn't have a true point guard that's missing its starting point guard, it works. <laughs> it worked tonight for St. John's. Turns out, when the other team has two massive shot blockers, it helps if you try to draw them out of the paint. Put your bigs on the perimeter. Try to draw them out of the paint and then cut to the basket and then attack the basket when those guys are not standing under the basket. Don't just let Obiago and Yetna block 15 shots apiece or combined. Turns out that actually works. We saw an actual game plan tonight from this staff. And again, it worked. Absolute, you know, credit to them because their backs were against the wall too because it was going to get really, really ugly for Anderson and this staff if this was, you know, a 10-15 point loss. It was going to get real, real ugly in terms of people, you know, calling for him to be fired, calling for changes. At least we put some of that talk on hold for right now. You know, and, and again, maybe some of that credit gets taken away because of, of, of Saturday. And, you know, you would have had to be a fool not to realize you had to change something up. But at least he, he did that and he did change something up. So credit to him for that. Uh, Aaron Wheeler was phenomenal tonight. Posh Alexander was phenomenal tonight. 
Posh, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Went 7 of 12 from the field. This was the Posh Alexander from last year. Not to say that he hasn't had some really good games this season, but this was the best Posh Alexander that we've seen all season long. This was the best Aaron Wheeler that we've seen all season long. And Aaron Wheeler is on a tear right now. 17 points and 10 rebounds from him. Shot 3 of 7, had a couple of 3-pointers, shot 6 of 12 from the field. Another guy who's been phenomenal, who's really good on defense as well, who is really starting to emerge as, you know, a, a top option on this team. Finally got the start tonight. I thought Joel Soriano was great. 8 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks in this game. Played a really, really good defensive game. I thought Soriano, I thought Nyway, I thought Stanley all played really, really solid defensive games against the bigs of Seton Hall and around the basket. Soriano had the five blocks. Nyway had a block. I thought that all of them played very, very good defense. St. John's as a team blocked 11 shots in this game. The defense around the rim was fantastic. They really did what their issues had been, and they put them on Seton Hall. St. John's had had so many issues finishing around the basket. They turned it around and they did that. They did that to Seton Hall tonight. Phenomenal. Montez Mathis, ten points, hit two three pointers, had a big sequence in the second half where he hit a three, got a steal, and had a dunk in transition. That's the Montez Mathis that we were seeing back in November and December. He'd been in a bit of a slump lately. Still getting the start. Scores ten points tonight. St. John's is unbeaten when Montez Mathis scores in double figures this season. Really, really solid game from him. How about Tariq Coburn? Nine points, three of uh, four from three-point range. Had a couple of threes in the first half. Got going, um, sat for a little bit, and then hits a, a banks in a three at the end of the game there, or near the end of the game to really, you know, and, and you know, put the game out of reach. I think that made it a twenty-something point game at that point, and really put it away. Another guy who they need to start get going. So you look up and down this roster, like I mentioned, Wheeler, Suriano, Mathis, Nyway, Stanley, Posh, uh, Coburn, so many good performances. This is the offense that we thought we were getting all season long. You know, look at the scoring distribution. Obviously, Posh had the 19, Wheeler had the 17. You had 8 points, you had 5 points, you had 10 points, 9 points, 6 points, 4 points. You know, multiple guys getting in on the action. 10 guys scored in this game. Phenomenal. The only guy who, I, the only two guys, I guess, who you would say weren't phenomenal were Champagny and Dylan Adewusu. Champagny shot two of ten as his shooting uh, woes continue. Only went one of five from three point range, but did hit a big three in the second half. But he scores five points. He's held to single digits uh, for a second straight game. Seton Hall did a good job on him defensively, but I will say this: I thought that he missed a lot of open shots today. I thought that they did do a better job of, of, of getting him open looks in this game, and he just wasn't hitting them. So then you kind of say it's it's maybe it's something with him now. Maybe it's in his head a little bit. You know, maybe he's being a little bit too um, tough on himself in, in terms of having to be, you know, the leading scorer on this team, having to be a guy that scores 20, 25 points uh, a night uh, for this team. Because I did think that he had some open looks, but he did still have a positive impact on this game. Uh, had tied for a team high with four blocks. That's got to be a career high. Uh, had eight rebounds, five assists, and three steals. So even though he didn't score, you know, the 20 points that we're accustomed to, Champagny did still have what I would say was a positive impact on this game for St. John's. 
Uh, Dylan Adewusu did not have a great game. Three points, uh, five rebounds, and had three turnovers. He's still he's still starting this game. Um, you know whether or not that was the right decision, who knows? But did not have a great game and, and was really I think the only guy on this team that didn't play phenomenal tonight for St. John's. What a win for St. John's. What a needed win for St. John's with their backs absolutely against the wall. And this team, you know, again, credit them. They showed some fight. And it is a little bit frustrating watching this game. I'll admit it. I'll be that guy. Because where was this, you know, the last two months, two and a half months? Where was this? We've seen it in spurts, right? We saw it in spurts against UConn and against Providence and against Indiana and even for, you know, a five-minute spurt against Kansas. We've seen them play like this team for, you know, 10-minute stretches and five-minute stretches and even, you know, entire halves against Indiana, for example, that second half. But it had not been for 40 full minutes that we saw the team that we thought could be, you know, a top three team in the Big East. You know, and, and a nationally relevant team. Tonight was the first time we saw for 40 minutes that team show up. And it is encouraging. While it's frustrating, because like I said, you do say, where was that in November and December and the first couple of weeks of January? Where was that? Why did it take two and a half months for that to finally come out? That's the frustrating thing. Don't get me wrong. You are thinking that. We're all thinking that as fans, I'm sure. But it's encouraging to know that it is there. You know, that we're we're not crazy people for believing in this team. Did we overrate them a little bit? Maybe. Because they haven't been as consistent as we would have as we would have liked. But it is there. It's somewhere in there. Now the question is, can they get that out on a consistent basis? Because you're not going to play as good as you did tonight. You're just not, uh, you know, every single game. You're going to have games where, you you know, someone's off or a couple of guys are off. That's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. But on a consistent basis, can we get the team that we got tonight? That's the question. Because, you know, four out of five games, you play like that team. You're probably going to win a good amount of games uh, of your final, what, 15 games or or, um, however many games they have left. 13 games, I guess. You play like that, you're going to win a lot of games in the next couple couple of weeks. If you can play like that consistently, it's in there now. Can they pull it out? Can they bring it out enough? And not once every couple of weeks. Or in this case, once every couple of months. Or for a 10-minute spurt, a 5-minute spurt, for a half when you're already down by 10. Can they bring it out on a consistent basis is the question. There is hope now, though. There is certainly hope. They go into a Villanova game with some momentum. They're going to have a couple of days off. They're going to be well-rested. And like I said, they will have some momentum going into that game. And that game is essentially house money. Because the big game then becomes Providence at home uh, next week. That's the big one. Can this team show up against Villanova, against Providence, and win one of those games? You know, can this team keep it going against Villanova and somehow upset Villanova? But tonight we saw it, and we know that it's there. We we know that it's there, and they're on the board now. They have a quad one win. Now it's time to build that resume. Now it's time to win a couple more road games, 
beat, you know, Marquette on the road, beat Xavier on the road, beat Butler, a place where you never win, beat Butler, beat Georgetown, take care of business against those type of teams. Now it's time to start building that resume. It's there's it's finally not blank. There's something there. Now it's time to start building that resume. But what a performance tonight from St. John's, 84 to 63 over Seton Hall. I'm going to break it all down now with Jay DeMeo. Come on, many, many times. Uh, we're going to talk about the awesome St. John's win over Seton Hall tonight, 84 to 63. Uh, and I'll be back on the other end to wrap this show up. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by good friend Jay DeMeo. Contributor to Johnny Nation and Daily Dose of Hoops. Of course, we've had him on this show a bunch of times. Maybe not after a win this big. Uh, Jay, how you doing tonight? Uh, much better. Much better. Thanks for having me on, Troy. I'm happy we don't have to, you know, light the program on fire right now. Very, very good win. Very yeah. happy right now. You know, we, we were all amped up and I guess kind of excited to maybe do that to, to kind of rip into them a little bit uh, as fun as that is for, for me to, to scream and yell on this show I, I would prefer winning and I, I think a game like tonight is always preferred right oh yeah of course especially when you look at the circumstance you know Seton Hall did not play good on Saturday and we just managed to play worse and <laughs> we, we come out of that with a, a loss and a game that should have been very winnable and now you play them on a uh, back-to-back pretty much and you go into a 1500 seat arena with students only in a game that's being played on that arena for a conference game for the first time since 1985 so this game really had bloodbath written all over mm-hmm. it and um i'm really i don't I, i'm stunned um i'm still trying to like process like that we really just you know ran them out of the gym yeah. pretty much from the tip mm-hmm. essentially and um i just you know hope the team that hope they can build on it you know whatever happens you know you're probably playing with house money on nova saturday mm-hmm. but um hopefully they use this as a turning point i think anderson was much better today Agreed. he finally you know went to the adjustments that a lot of the fans were clamoring for for mm-hmm. so um we'll see where it goes from here yeah i wanted to touch on that i'm happy that you brought that up you know for all of the the flack that we've gave given anderson this season especially in the last you know five days or whatever in these last couple of losses uh he had this team ready to play tonight you know there was no slow snar tonight they got out to a lead early and really never looked back uh he put wheeler in the starting lineup obviously took out posh but maybe that kind of sparked posh a little bit to what probably was his best game of the season um i just i I, you know for all of the the like i said for all of the um you know flack that anderson has caught over the past couple of, of days to me it's a little reassuring that he did game plan you could tell uh you know it was not the same game plan as the first game which was just drive and let the seton hall bigs block every single shot uh i thought that anderson really really had a good game plan for this game yeah, and you you basically just said it. The the clear difference was what his whole theme and mantra is: forty minutes of hell. Yeah, and that too. I know we've criticized it at times, but you know, this was the perfect situation to use it. That we and they didn't use it on Saturday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The seat all doesn't have Bryce Aiken. They don't have their best ball handler. It was clear that the, the press had success when we did it on Saturday. They just didn't go to it enough, and it ended up being a lackluster offensive performance. And this team gets their offense from their defense. And clearly, Mike Anderson made the adjustment tonight. He did it from tip to buzzer. And he had Seton Hall just in a 
in a world of, you know, they didn't know what to do. They looked lost tonight. And with the, the home court that they had, they just didn't, they couldn't get anything going, even though they had, you know, all the momentum on their side with the fans. Mm-hmm. So um, you hope that he can use it at the right times when it's applicable, like it was tonight and against this, you know, seeing the whole team down, Bryce Aiken. So it was good to see that, you know, it, they were able to get the job done with um, the system that, they're supposed to be getting wins with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the biggest frustrating thing that came out of Saturday's game as well, was like you mentioned, the, the press in the final, what, you know, two, three minutes of that game really worked. And it was the question of why weren't we running this for the first, you know, 35 minutes of, of that game or running it a lot. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, the press can be, the 40 minutes of hell pressing style can be very, very successful for a team that, you know, maybe isn't ready for it or doesn't have the ball handlers for it. And I think you saw that tonight. You know, Kadari Richmond had three points in this game, uh, had four turnovers. Uh, Yetna had three turnovers. Seton Hall's a team had 20 turnovers. Like, they clearly weren't prepared for this. And, you know, it just it makes you wonder why they weren't doing this for the entire game on Saturday. Maybe it would have changed the result. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. But it, it's a little bit frustrating that they didn't think to do this two days ago as well. Yeah, I guess third time is a charm, you know. Uh, <laughs> all has size down there with um, Obiagu and mm-hmm. Yetna. Mm-hmm. So we saw a similar situation at UConn mm-hmm. where their base presented us trouble, and I know they got in that game kind of late and had a chance to win it. But um, they and then they ran into the same problems again Saturday, so they finally got the job done tonight. I wish it didn't take as long as it did, but the coach made the right adjustments at the right time. He got the right starting lineup out there. Um, mm-hmm. I know Posh City was a question mark, but I th- I thought I saw on Twitter. This is unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I thought I saw on Twitter that he was sitting due to an injury, and that's why he wasn't starting. But um, I would assume that's the case why he's not starting. Yeah. Look at the stat, you know, he, he lit it up tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just just looking at um, looking at the way that they played against Obiagu in this game. I'm looking at Obiagu's stat line right now. He only took the one shot. He's not an offensive force in general. He had no points. Had two rebounds. Had the one big block on Soriano. But besides that, you know, uh, Obiagu really did nothing. Yetna didn't do a ton. He had eight rebounds, seven points. Those two guys that were just killing St. John's the last game really didn't do much in this game. I thought that I, I really liked that they had even Soriano on offense out on the perimeter more. They they, they weren't letting their bigs kind of get sucked uh, on offense, you know, in the paint, letting Obiagu and Yetna kind of sit in the paint and block shots. They were drawing them out. They were cutting to the basket, which is what we had hoped them to do, for them to do in the first game. Um, that was another adjustment that I really, really liked that they were, you know, that they obviously played a lot of bigs with Nyway and, and Stanley and, and Soriano, um, but they played them, you know, on the perimeter to try to get those Seton Hall bigs out on the perimeter to kind of open up the lane. Uh, that That's one thing that I really liked as well. Oh, yeah, and you saw it offensively. Uh, tonight, Montez Mathis had a better game. Mm-hmm. Posh was playing, getting fouls all night. Mm-hmm. He was... Uh, yeah, it looked like the the freshman year Posh Alexander. I said it in my article that on against Georgetown that you know sometimes he has these off games where he just doesn't look like himself. But when he gets going and he's getting in the passing lanes, he's playing defensively. You know, he lets his offense translate, his defense translate into his offense. Mm-hmm. And you saw that. Um, Montez Mathis had double figures, so yeah. I think I saw a stat when Montez Mathis scores double figures. St. John's is undefeated. Mm-hmm. I think they're nine zero now. Yeah. 
when, when he does that. So the, the game plan worked tonight, like, as you said, with the base uh, going out in the perimeter to try to free up some space for the other guys. Mm-hmm. And another guy we, we have to touch on as well is Aaron Wheeler. Uh, career-high 17 points, shot 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 7 from three-point range, but he missed a couple at the end there. I think at one point he was 3 of 5, uh, had 10 rebounds, 3 assists. Just what a game from Wheeler, and what a run this has been for Wheeler over the past couple of weeks now. You know, with Wusu kind of taking a step back, it feels like Wheeler has kind of become, you know, option three on this team. And, and you know, even Champagny hasn't played well. Wheeler's really been their most consistent player over the last couple of weeks. And he's been a complete revelation, mm-hmm. and it's mind-boggling to me that he didn't start on Saturday. Yeah. That's, neither, that's neither here <laughs> yeah. but you can clearly see... Um, the confidence in him and the play I thought I saw that most on was his guy had a wide open three due to the press and Wheeler came he must have ran like 15 or 20 feet to close out and he blocked the shot and St. John's got out in transition because mm-hmm. because of it mm-hmm. so this looks like a completely new player than we saw in the non-conference especially that Kansas game where he just couldn't hit a shot mm-hmm. so it's really really good to see he's become a complete bonus to them he was one of the transfers that I thought was going to really break out mm-hmm. and how to take this team to a new level because I thought the system fit him well coming from Purdue, which is, you know, really wasn't his game. Mm-hmm. And now that he's here, he's had his confidence rising. He, I think this is his sixth straight game, maybe scoring in double figures. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, it's clear as day that he, that what he's been the one to pick up the load for Julian. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't, I don't, I don't know where this team right now, I, I know we're not where we are, but where we want to be, but this team would be far and away worse right now without Aaron Wheeler. He's, um, He's been a great find, and I hope he keeps it up. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and another guy too that I thought really played a good game today was or tonight was uh, Joel Soriano. Uh, eight points, eight rebounds, and he tied for the team high with four blocks. Uh, he was really good on the defensive end. Was you know all right on the offensive end, but I thought his defense was phenomenal tonight. Uh, like I mentioned, the four blocks. Uh, he, he, Soriano as well. It just feels like you know the the fan base maybe was ex- had their expectations a little bit too high for him. Uh, he's not, you know, gonna be this this all Big East caliber big man, but he's held his own in the in these last couple of games at least. And today he was tonight he was phenomenal. I thought. Oh yeah, this you can argue that this was maybe his best game of the year. He set a defensive presence against Aiko Biagu. He didn't let him bully him. He didn't let him, you know, dictate the game. He did a great job defensively. Pulled out eight boards. He had a great game on Saturday too. He yeah. had fourteen rebounds. Yeah. On Saturday. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it went unnoticed in the loss. But um, you know, he's another one. Like, really, you hope that he could build off this, gain some confidence, and he's starting to crack out of that shell that we've kind of seen from him all season. You don't really need much from him offensively. Exactly. You four, six, you know, eight points. You know, great, you'll take it. But mm-hmm. as long as he's there to clean up the defensive boards and give you some offensive boards and get chances off of those, um, that's all you can really ask for from him. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and another guy who you hope would build some confidence now in this game, uh, Tariq Coburn. He had the nine points. He hit three three-pointers. He hit the two big ones in the first half when the game was still close. And then he banked the one in to kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin there. Uh, he's another guy that, you know, for a team that really lacks shooting, especially with Champagne in kind of the funk that he's in right now, uh, if Coburn can get going and, you know, you're not asking the guy to score 15 points a game, if he can just go out there and, and hit two or three three three-pointers a game. I feel like that's just such an X-factor for this team. Coburn and Smith. Smith didn't have a great game tonight. Uh, Only had the four points, but those two guys and Coburn especially, I'd I'd love to see them get going in the next couple of weeks. 
yeah, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I think, you know, we could have seen maybe more of Coburn, and we just haven't had the opportunity to. He, I, if you go back to the pit game, he was coming off of his COVID break. Mm-hmm. He hit a three in the, in the pit game, and then he got pretty much pulled out right after that and didn't see the floor again. Mm-hmm. Same, thing, same thing happens again on Saturday against Seton Hall. He comes in, drills his first three that he takes, and he got put on the bench. Mm-hmm. And the game with St. John's was lacking, you know, any offense, especially in the half court. So it's clear that when this team can run plays and try to get him open and hit shots, you know, he's definitely a viable three-point threat. So uh, you don't want him with the ball too much. You don't want him to dribble. And he's really just not that type of player that's mm-hmm. going to posh for it. Mm-hmm. And that, when he does that, it kind of you know, makes him lose some confidence and gets in his head a little bit. Yeah. So as long as you can keep getting him open, I want to see more of Coburn. He gives this team a layer that they really don't have or haven't had much of this year. Yeah, Coburn definitely seems like the type of guy that, you know, is, is maybe a little bit streaky where, you know, if he hits one or two in a row, he can really start get going. But, you know, if he misses maybe his first two, it might be an off night for him. So I wonder, and, and I'll say this too about Anderson. You, you brought it up. I don't think that his rotations were as bad as they've usually been. There were still some moments, but like you mentioned, you know, putting a guy in, he gets hot, and then he gets benched for the next 20 minutes. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, and maybe I'm just kind of blinded because they won by 21 points, but I didn't have as much of an issue with, like, the rotations tonight with guys coming off. Uh, did, did you have any issues with that? Uh, there was one sequence when Seton Hall kind of went on that run towards the end of the first half where he had... Uh, Soriano and Stanley on the mm-hmm. floor at the same time, which mm-hmm. I didn't think was the best idea, mm-hmm. and ended up actually using a timeout for once in, in the right spot uh, <laughs> yeah. towards the end of the half, and we were able to get out of there. I'm still up double digits, mm-hmm. but um, now overall, compared, especially compared to what we've seen so far this year, um, th- that was night and day. He mm-hmm. seemed like he had a much more firm grasp and you know idea of what he wanted to do tonight, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm really interested to see where he gets these guys in certain spots and what he does for them to put them in the best position to win from here on out because we saw that, you know, there, there's something here. It's just got to, he's got to, you know, put the recent pieces in the right spot to, you know, try to really get it out of them. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't go into these games with no game plan, no offensive sets, and just kind of have let the kids wing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and I don't think that was the case tonight, and what we saw was the end result. No, this, this was the first game maybe this season where it felt like we went in with a clear plan on offense and on defense, right? Like like we went in saying this is what we want to do on offense and then on defense we want to pressure the ball, right? Like that this feels like the first game this season where we can say that. Yeah, 100%. And then I hope they can carry this into Nova because that was essentially what won them the game last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. They forced that play style on Colin Gillespie, and he had an off night, and St. John's you know, ran him out of the gym again last year. So this is something that they could definitely build on. Um, Nova pretty much has the same exact team as last year. They have, they don't have too much you know, mm-hmm. new people. So there, there should definitely be a concrete plan of what they want to do going into Nova on Saturday to try and you know at least keep the game close. Mm-hmm. We we do have to talk about the uh, maybe the elephant in the room here, and that was uh, Julian Champagny's uh, scoring performance. At least he actually had a really good game. I thought he had four blocks. He had a or at least from a non-scoring perspective, he had a good game. Uh, five assists, eight rebounds, four blocks, three steals, but only shot two of ten and one of five from three-point range. Uh, you know, <laughs> like in terms of uh, offense, he might have been like their you know biggest liability on the court tonight. Maybe outside of Wusu, which is crazy 
to say. Um, you know, what have you been seeing from Champagny, if anything, these last couple of games? It looks like maybe he's in his head a little bit. I, I don't know. What, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's it. I think he's just in his head. When you're, you know, the leading biggie scorer and you have all this pressure on you, and it's time and time again we've seen that if he's not scoring 30 points, this team – There'd be times they just didn't have a chance, mm-hmm. and when he, I think he just puts a lot of pressure on himself. And when it's starting to see when he's not hitting his shots, you can see letting him get to him. Whether even if it's not in the shooting form, you know he had some really bad unforced turnovers today, yeah. a travel, a double dribble, you know stuff that you just don't really see from him. He was taking the ball up court and he just kind of dribbled it off his foot mm-hmm. and he turned it over to Seton Hall right in that spot. And it's just not the classic Julian that we that we know and love. And ever since the Providence game really this has kind of been going on I know he had the good game against UConn yeah. Georgetown but mm-hmm. against these you know formidable foes that you know St. John's really needs to get wins against to boost their resume um, he hasn't really been there for them this season aside mm-hmm. from Indiana I guess at a, at a quick spread against Kansas yeah. but for, in, for the main part really in the conference he just hasn't been there and I, I think part of it isn't all on him I don't think the system has been built where they can run plays and screens to get him open. I mean, Miles Kale said in the presser, if you're not running yeah. screens for your best player, it's a little easier to defend him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it too. But you can tell, like, there's times he just doesn't, he seems lost and he just doesn't want the ball. Mm-hmm. He'll, be, mm-hmm. he'll have a wide open three and he'll pump fake yeah. for his defender to close out and then take the shot. Mm-hmm. He, um, he had a wide open shot and he passed it to Joel Soriano at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's times you can see where you're just not sure how confident he is in himself, but he's a guy that can heat up in any minute. He's a microwave. You need him to take those open shots because he's bound to hit some. So um, it's a little worrisome because of how long it's kind of been dragging on right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's just got to stay true to his game. He's got to let any outside noise, you know, cancel out and don't take dictate anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm confident he'll turn it around, but it's definitely uh, – Definitely an eye opener at this point. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and, and one more guy I want to hit on, uh, Dylan Adewusu. Uh, only scored the three points, only took three shots, uh, went one of three, and had uh, three turnovers. I believe all three of them were in the first half. Do you think it's time for him to start coming off the bench, maybe, and not start? I think a lot of people thought if Wheeler was going to enter in the starting lineup, maybe Wusu would come out, maybe Steph Smith would start for Wusu. Um, you know, where are you at with him in terms of? of 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 him as a starter, I guess I'll ask. I still don't know if I would. It's, it's if you're gonna take him out of the starting lineup, it's kind of a thing where well, who are you gonna put in? Yeah. Um, I personally would keep him in at least right now. I think um, that's probably an opinion a lot of people don't want to hear, and I get it. But I think a big thing is um, it's clear as day. Anderson loves him some Dylan Wusu. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think I think they need to pick and choose the right ways to use him. Um, he's not a ball handler. He's not a guy that you want to you know guide and lead the offense. That needs to be Posh's job, and that's mm-hmm. where Posh dro- thrives. Where he can have full control of the offense, get in the lane, kick out, draw fouls. Um, mm-hmm. When Wusu kind of gets the ball, and especially when he gets things in motion, you can kind of tell that he doesn't really 
think. He doesn't make the best yeah. basketball IQ plays, whether it'll be throwing it into traffic or just barreling into someone and taking <laughs> a charge or going into a seven-footer and getting his block shot, his mm-hmm. shot blocked time mm-hmm. and again. So I think Dylan is a very good player. I just think he needs to be used the right way, and I think that needs to be off the ball. He's another one that has a three-point shot. Yeah. He can hit threes. I think he's another one that you can create some plays for. You know, let Julian draw some attention to free up some shots for him. So I, I don't, I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to take him out of the lineup. I think he had a very good season up until you know these last few games. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's more of a coaching thing, more of a, you know an offensive game plan with him. He's not the type of guy that you can just you know. And what's already a freely run offense, he's not mm-hmm. the type of guy that you want to be the one leading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point there. Absolutely. Uh, my last question for you. You know, this is a big win tonight. Obviously, now three and four in the conference, eleven and seven overall. We were talking about the upcoming schedule with Villanova, uh, Providence, and then a couple of games against Georgetown and Butler on the road. Uh, my question for you is, you know, when I'm talking to you, maybe a month from now, maybe you know, late February, let's say, uh, has St. John's turned their season around? Is, is this going to be, in your opinion, the spark that helps them turn their season around and be the team that we thought what do you think uh, that's a tough question I I, I I need to I just need to see more of it uh-huh. if you ask me this, if you ask me this question in 10 days I think I'll have a clear more clear-cut answer yeah. if I had to go with my gut right now I'm going to say no and I won't say that they're done and out of contention but I'll at least say that they're still playing catch-up Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It won't be out of it, but I think they'll still be playing catch-up. Um, I think that this team is still going to have struggles on the road. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, this was their first conference road win. Um, I know Butler's down, and they have them coming up, but I can't remember the last time the St. John's team has won at Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So until it happens, I need to see it. Um, I'm not going to obviously just go off and say they're going to win at Villanova. I would never do that. <laughs> so that's another potential loss I see them having. I hope they prove me wrong, but I just don't see it happening. Villanova's really kind of gained some momentum. I know they just lost to Marquette, but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of getting an angry Villanova team that mm-hmm. probably wants to spurt off some wins here. So um, I can't see them winning that game. I think a key game in this upcoming stretch is Providence. Yeah. St. John's had Providence beat, um, and then they kind of just completely mailed in the performance that when they were at them a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm, St. John's mm-hmm. was playing with them the whole way, and um, the, the roof just kind of caved in. It's going to be, you know, we if they're going to be Providence, they need another performance out of Joel Soriano, like mm-hmm. tonight. Like, he limited Obiagu. He's got to do the same against Nate Watson. Um, I think that is a very winnable game. It'll be on our home court um, at the Garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Georgetown right now, they're probably one of the worst power conference teams in the country. Yeah. You just routed them by 20. That's a game you have to win. No ifs, ands, or buts. You need to win at Georgetown. Um, so o- over the next six games, you know, if they can, if they can somehow pull off that Butler game, beat Georgetown, and win one of Providence or Villanova, I think this team will be in a decent spot mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's really going to come down to winning the games that they should win and then just it's really going to be a matter of which games are they going to steal yeah. is it going to be Xavier mm-hmm. are they going to be able to steal Nova can they beat Providence you know the Big East is really good this year yeah. five ranked teams in it um, I don't know how they're going to fare against Marquette Marquette's ranked right now they're playing they're the hottest team in the country they have six quadrant one wins mm-hmm. so it's not going to be easy um Right. So to answer your question, not to babble on, I think they're they're going to be behind the eight ball in February. Mm-hmm. I put them at like 
seven or eight conference wins, and they'd really have to spurt off some to maybe get to like 10 or 11 to mm-hmm. really get them on the bubble where I think they'll have a shot at March. So that's just my tradition. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm eating crow. <laughs> I thought they were going to get routed tonight. You know, today had bloodbath written all over it, and I'm sitting here talking about a 20 point win. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? No, yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right there with the, you know, the maybe a little bit optimism, but certainly still being cautious uh, at this point from what we've seen from this team uh, so far. But Jay, thank you so much for staying up late with me and uh, chatting about this big win for the Red Storm. We're looking out for uh, all of your coverage of the Red Storm on Johnny Nation, SJU, as well as uh, Daily Dose of Hoops, your work with uh, Jaden Daly over there at Daily Dose of Hoops. Jay, thank you so much for coming on, and we will certainly be talking to you again this season. Appreciate it, Troy. Thanks so much. All right, bye. All right, big thanks once again to Jay DeMeo for coming on and breaking down the big win for St. John's tonight, 84-63 over Seton Hall at Walsh Gym. Uh, You can check out Jay's work. He does some work for Johnny Nation. Uh, He also does some work for Daily Dose of Hoops. Uh, You can check him out. He's covered a couple St. John's games. He's done a couple of Hofstra games as well. So if you're a big local Hoops fan, uh, definitely check out Jay's work on that. And we will definitely be talking to him uh, before the season ends again. But... You know, just a, like I like I mentioned again, a big win for St. John's. Uh, there is some optimism, I would say. There's some cautious optimism now. I think is a good way to put it. You know, you know, you're, no one's saying that this team is going to win the Big East. No one's saying that this team is going to rattle off ten wins in a row. But now we know that it's there. You know, that that team that can be a top two, top three team in the conference. It's it's there. The question is, you know, are we going to look back on this season, you know, a month and a half from now, you know, six weeks from now, uh, are we going to look back on this season and say, wow, man, that game at Seton Hall, that was really the highlight of, of, a, of a disappointing season. You know, where was that team all year? Are we going to look back and say that? Or are we going to say that was the moment that kind of spurred this team into making a run, into being that team? It's the question that is on everyone's minds, I think, and it's the question that's going to be answered, I think, over the next couple of weeks. You know, we're going to see what this team is made of against Villanova. You know, do they get run out of the gym? Do they play a close game? No one's expecting a win, obviously. You see how it goes. And then the real test, like I mentioned, is against Providence. How do they fare against a Providence team that they played and that they played better than for, you know, what, 25, 30 minutes? Again, another game where they put together a really strong 25-30 minutes, could not put together a full 40. Can they can they right the ship? Can they right the wrongs in that one as well? Remains to be seen, but we're going to find out a lot about this team over the next couple of weeks now. But we saw that it was there tonight, and I think that's, that's the encouraging thing. It's the frustrating thing that you haven't seen it all season long for sure, but it's the encouraging thing that it is there. So we will see about that. But thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, to this show. Uh, it's it's after midnight now. I'm recording this. You know, it, it, it stinks staying up late, but it's, it stinks a lot less when you're talking about a 20-point win uh, rather than a 20-point loss, you know, or yelling about, you know, a close loss. So definitely, definitely uh, not going to mind that at all. But I'll be back next week. We're going to talk St. John's and Providence. Uh, won't have any coverage of the Villanova game, unfortunately, uh, but I will have some stuff coming or a podcast coming after the Providence game. So definitely check that out. Thank you again for listening tonight. Thank you again to Jay DeMeo for coming on. And I'll be back next week. And let's go Johnny's.